as you find your seats. Please turn with me in your Bibles. As we continue our Advent series on Jesus, the light of the world. Great job, peace. Shining in our hearts tonight. It's been that long already. This morning, uh, we're going to be looking into Galatians chapter 4 and realizing an incredible part of the story in the fullness of time. God would love us enough to make sense of our lives and to come and to shine His light upon us, and it reaches us even today. But before we begin, a couple of uh, um, just welcome backs. Um, Joanne Bohannon has had cancer surgery and, and uh, has been in the hospital, and she's back in the second row, so it's great to see Joanne. You're awesome. Great to see you. Also, Colin Jennings is in the house. He serves Jesus and us uh, uh, and a partner in Africa. Uh, with the Muslims. Where are you, Colin? Colin, great to have you. Welcome back. It is, uh, it really is. It's just great. At this time of year, we love family. We love having family come back uh, that haven't been feeling well or who have been serving us overseas. So, welcome back. All right. Have you been to the Living Nativity yet? Uh, raise your hand. We're going to take a note, a picture. All right. If you haven't been, still tonight, 7 and 8. Let me tell you, it is incredible, off the charts, wow, fantastic, really, really, really good. Um, and I can tell you all that because I'm not in it, all right? So I'm not in it. I'm a, I'm a spectator like you, just uh, filling up with uh, just gratefulness to what God has done, giving us so many talented people. It's unbelievable. But... Friday night, someone came up to me and said, Hey, Jeff, are you an actor? And do uh, you have any acting gifts? And I'm trying to figure out, like, what are you trying to tell me about my preaching? You, you know, you're trying to act this out? So I'm saying, no, I have no acting ability. I appreciate those who do, but I have none. So, uh, but I am thankful for those who do. I was also reminded this week that I have no dancing ability. I cannot dance. Uh, Tuesday night, uh, we celebrated at the Life Center in Eatonville a job partnerships graduation, an incredible service. Uh, some of you all were there, but I was in the front row, and as the worship started, uh, I was only one there in the front row with a pretty pale epidermis, if you know what I mean. And, you know, the music was great, and I was trying to get into it, and next to me was Pastor E.L. Dallas. And I don't know how his joints work, but I'm telling you, they don't work like my joints, you know? I mean, it was smooth. It was beautiful. It was really, it was nice. And I'm trying to clap on rhythm. Have you ever been there? And, and I'm really nervous because I'm in the front row. And you know that someone doesn't get rhythm when, they're, when their brow is furrowed. And they're thinking, okay, clap, oh, clap. And you're looking around, the others like, am I on beat? Oh, no, I'm off beat. I'm going to get it back on. And, and then, oh, my goodness, I noticed that I was right in direct eyesight of the drummer. And I'm thinking, I'm going to mess him up. I'm going to be, he, he's going to look at me and just stop, you know. But clearly, um, I can't dance. Not only that, uh, I can't paint a pretty picture. Uh, I just don't have any of the ability of that to do that. Maybe the closest I come are those paint by numbers. You know the paint by numbers? Uh, those are great things. But they don't help a guy who's colorblind. I mean, all right, number three is brown. But I don't know what color brown is. And so I have a hard time painting a pretty picture. I can't even draw a picture unless I have a connect the dots. You know those connect the dots? 
Love those. I mean, you get a piece of paper, and it kind of tells you if you follow numbers, if you can count, you can draw. And so what you do is you, you start connecting dots, and, and before you, oh, wow, oh, okay, it's, it's a star, or it's some pretty picture that those of us who are challenged artistically can draw. This morning, we're going to look at God's Word, and it's going to tell us that in the fullness of time, when time was just right, that God would send forth His Son into this world to shine His light upon us and to come and bring meaning and beauty and life to us. But what we got to do is this. we got to connect the dots. Because this fullness of time tells us that time has a point. It tells us that time has a purpose. And so what we're going to do uh, this morning under God's Word is start connecting some of the dots of history to realize what is this fullness of time. Wonder of wonders, to steal a line from Bob Ronchetti, wonder of wonders, this story goes all the way back to the beginning. And wonder of wonders, as we connect dots of this Christmas story, we realize that the light of this story can shine even on us. But i got to tell you the truth. We live in a world that wants Happy Meal sermons with a toy. And I realize that. And what I also realize is what God has for us today, put your seatbelt on. I mean, really, we're going to take a tour today of God's Word that might even be a little bit exhausting. And I'll try my best not to lose you. I really will. And I have a, I'm struggling because what God has revealed to my heart, I so desperately want to share. I don't have the ability to do it. Oh, he's got to come with clarity. But really, it's not a happy meal. It's, it's, a, it's a filet mignon, not because it's for me, it's God. A- unless you're a vegetarian, then it's an incredible piece of tofu. I mean, it's really, really, it's good. But we have a challenge before us, and that is uh, to connect the, the dots of God's story. Because listen, the story is more beautiful than we ever dreamed. And the fact that the dots of time can be connected to even us is just amazing. So will you turn with me to Galatians chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 4 through 7. Um, in the previous weeks, we've also looked at John 1 and Genesis 1 and 2 Corinthians 4. I'm going to summarize those for us in, in light of time. And so I uh, usually read Scripture and pray, but today I'm going to pray before I read Scripture because I'm going to kind of be talking through Scripture, and I really need the Spirit to fall. So will you please pray with me? Oh, Father God, we're here because of you. We're here because you would love us enough to send forth your Son. And Father, you sent forth your Son to rescue us and to redeem us and to make us yours. Not only did you do that, but you sent forth your Spirit. You sent forth your Spirit so that we can understand and know and really be able to cry out to you as Father. And so Father, I pray that you would come and God, that you would fall afresh. God, that you'd be pleased to speak through a broken sinner. Lord, we desperately need to hear from you. So God, shine your light upon our minds that are still dark and bring us your light. God, shine your light upon our hearts that are still in places dark and give us your grace. Shine your light upon our feet through your words that we can walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. Oh, come, come, Spirit. Come, Spirit, and speak so that you would receive glory and we would receive joy. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, here's the deal. Christmas is the celebration of the fullness of time. The time is going to hinge. All of history is going to hinge on this one point. Paul's going to tell us this just in a second. 
that everything leading up to the birth of Christ is now going to make sense because of Jesus. Here's the deal. It's so much of a hinge of time that he's saying, basically, because of this one event, all the dots of history can make sense and be aligned and point to this one event. Not only that, this one event hinges so much time in even our lives that all the dots that continue, the dots of our very own lives, now point to him and now have meaning because of this one unbelievable blessed event. Because of this one event, because of the event of Christmas, because in the fullness of time, Jesus would come to shine into our darkness. We get three gifts. We're going to talk about three gifts this morning. We're going to talk about, first of all, the gift of forgiveness. Because Jesus has come, he has come to provide us a gift that is beyond uh, uh, words to describe, the gift of forgiveness. Not only that, he's come to give us the gift of family. So we're going to see the gift of forgiveness, the gift of family, and lastly, the gift of future. All right, let's get into God's word. Uh, Corinthians 4, 4 starts off this way. But when the fullness of time came, now really, this is kind of a phrase like the pregnancy of time, that time was at its perfect point when time was about to give birth to the hinge. When the fullness of time, uh, Christ would send forth his son. Now, let's hit pause here and say, here's a couple things we know right off the bat. Good news. There's a point in time. There's a meaning in history. So much so that there'd be a fullness of it. So much so that there'd be a point where it turns. So if you're here today and your life feels meaningless and time seems just this uh, random, and if you can't align the dots of your own life and make a picture look beautiful, there's really good news to start off with, okay? The time is in God's hands. He's in control, and he has a point, and he is the point. But in the fullness of time, God was sent forth his son. But we got to ask, okay, here's the middle point of history But where we have been so far this Advent season is the beginning of history. Because Jesus' story doesn't start in Bethlehem. Jesus' story is an eternal story. He is the one who creates all things. Are you with me? Yes. That would help. You know, just, yes? Okay. Let's keep going. Uh, We looked at in the last two weeks uh, that John 1, Jesus, we are told that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. That all things were created through this Jesus. That He is the light of the world, the light of men. That the darkness did not understand it or comprehend it. So we see that Jesus, who is the hinge of history, is also the beginning of history. Unbelievable, isn't it? Then we take a springboard from John 1 all the way back to Genesis 1. And we see in Genesis 1 is the creation story. Um, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He did it by speaking. He brought light into the world. He separated light from darkness. And here's what the light does. Now listen, this is very important. The light came to a place that was dark and void and empty and meaningless and ugly. And when the light of Jesus comes in, he brings, listen, he brings beauty to that which is formless. He brings meaning to that which is empty. He brings life to that which was dead. He created this light, a place where man and God could dwell together. We called it paradise. He says, listen, multiply, bring this light all throughout the world. But we sinned. And instead of bringing light, we now bring darkness. And history now is spinning. It looks like it's getting darker and darker and darker. It looks like the the, uh, world is going to be covered in darkness. But in the fullness of time, when it was just right, God was sent forth His Son. So here we see this. Last week we realized that unbelievably, are you with me? Last week we looked at unbelievably the same light that shined in the beginning 
to create the world is the same light that shines in our lives, right, for this, to recreate us. To bring beauty out of what's that which was formless, meaning out of that which was void and empty, and life out of that which was dead. Now this light shines in us. We've seen this light in the face of Christ. And we now are the light of the world. And we bring this light to others. Whew. What an incredible Christmas story we have. And it's all because of the fullness of time. Okay, let's keep going. In the fullness of time. Um, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. These are very important things we're going to talk about. So that he might redeem those, purchase those, release those who were under the law, that we might receive the, the, the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, listen, it doesn't say because you might be sons, because you could be sons. But when the light of Christ shines in our hearts, when we embrace this gift of all gifts, we are sons and daughters. Because we are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. Isn't it interesting? What does God do? God is always the one who initiates with us. We don't initiate with him. We're dead in our trespasses and sins. But God would so love the world that he would initiate with us to send his only son in the world. God would initiate with us so that he would send forth his spirit into this world. So we even understand the Christmas story. That's why we sing Amazing Grace. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Daddy, Daddy, Abba, Father. Unbelievable. First time in history that God would be referred to in such familiar terms. This was an affront to the religious people of the day. But we can cry out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if you are a son, then an heir through all things. Here's the deal. In the fullness of time, Paul is telling us is that God's going to give us a gift. He's going to give us a gift of God's own son. He's going to give us a gift of light. And let us go back to the point in time in history what was happening then. It's pretty interesting, actually. When Jesus was born, back in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago, history was known as Pax Romana. It was known as the Peace of Rome. It was a time where Rome had united the known world at the time. This is pretty interesting. Because what happened is, in the power and influence of Rome, they unified the world under one commerce or one trade. And really the way they were able to unify the world is they unified the world through an infrastructure of roads. For the first time in history, you can get to and fro in a much easier way, even with a woman who was pregnant can make their way from uh, uh, Nazareth to Bethlehem. And it's a time they unified the world under one language. So think about this. This was a time when the world seemed to have a lot of light in it. It seemed to be a time where the world really started to get some traction because they had a unified commerce. They had a unified roads. They had a unified language. They even had a unified central form of government that kind of corralled everybody. And the light of this kingdom shined on everybody. But you know what the kingdom of men cannot produce? Peace. Peace on earth and goodwill to men. And so unbelievably, through the light of this kingdom, still there was a spiritual darkness that continued to cover the face of the earth. It was so bad that that Rome and all of its power cannot remove the darkness. All they did was add to it. And so much that God had to come 
and His own Son and come and shine and bring what each of us long for, and that is peace on earth and goodwill to men. And that is what He has done, even in the midst of this time. This is the fullness of time. A human kingdom could not do it. Only the kingdom of God could do it. Let me just say a real quick thing about this. We have to realize, as those who are blessed to be Americans, those who are blessed to have an incredible power in this world, that we can't bring world peace through our mighty army. The only thing that can bring peace is the gospel of Christ. It's us understanding that we have a mission, too. We're called. I mean, Iraq should be on our mission field, not necessarily militaristically, but as we pray for it, as we bring Jesus. Does that make sense? See, the only hope for peace of the world and goodwill to men is the gospel of Christ. Pax Romana, a glorious United States, cannot do it. Only Jesus can. Okay, the fullness of time and the gift of Jesus, this light of the world has come. And there's a few things we've got to see right from the beginning. And this is in be, in, to start with. It's this, in the fullness of time. Listen, time does have a point. Time does have a purpose. And guess who's in control of it? God. Okay? Now, you may feel like your life's spinning out of control. You might feel like right now there's no purpose, there's no meaning. But we've got to realize that there are dots throughout history. God is the creator of all the dots. And he's the only one who can align them. And his timing is perfect. Unbelievably, his timing is perfect to send his son 2,000 years ago. His timing still is perfect, even in your own life. You may feel some angst. You may feel some decay. You may say, God, come on. How long? How long? Know that God's timing is, imperfe- is perfect and he is in control. Scripture only gives us one verse that I could see that we have any control over time. It's pretty interesting. The only way I see that we can push our foot on the accelerator of time is found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. And it says this, that we are to live such godly lives that we speed the day of God's return. The Puritans understood this, meaning that we have to live such godly lives and bring Christ to the whole world so that we can bring Christ's return. Listen, my brothers and sisters in Christ, God is in control of all time. Not only that, the only control that we have is to live obedient, holy lives. And that's why you're going to have a pastor who's going to hit you over the head every Sunday and say, listen, this is, this is life and life abundantly. This brings the kingdom of God. And this is how we've got to live our lives. And this, unbelievably, submitting to him, being a winsome bride of Christ, being obedient, speeds the day of the Lord's return. It's kind of exciting, isn't it? He is in control but he actually uses our lives to help speed that along. Um, But here's what he says. It says, in the fullness of time, time now has meaning. It's under his control. God's the only one who connects the dots. God has sent forth his son. All right, let's don't pass over that. God has sent forth his son. You know what that tells us? He's eternal. You can't send forth something that wasn't already. Does that make sense? You can't send forth something that wasn't already. In the fullness of time, God would send forth his son, We've already looked at John 1 and we realize that John 1, 1 tells us that Jesus is eternal. Jesus is the one who created time. Because nothing was created except through Him. And now let's connect another dot. Let's connect a dot to Micah 5, 2. Micah 5, 2 tells us that out of Bethlehem, a little teeny tribe in Judah, is going to come a king who's going to rule the world. And you know what it says about him? He is from ancient of days. He is eternal. Rejoice with me, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This story of Christmas is one that goes all the way back. And here we see that God would send forth His Son. Clearly His Son existed before this. His Son is eternal. 
But there's an emphatic use of the Greek here where it says God sends forth His own Son. Now let's make it clear that it's not just a son. Uh, this is not uh, um, you know, a, pro- a typical prophet, a, a typical priest. This is God's own son. So what does that mean to us? It means this. Jesus is fully God. He's divine. When we look at a babe in a manger so meek and mild and lowly, we are looking at God. Colossians 2.9 will say it this way, In Him, the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Wonder of wonders. There's a mystery that's going to be hard to unpack. It's what Charles Wesley would sing about in Hark the Herald Angels Sing. That fullness and deity veiled in flesh the Godhead see. You know, those angels scared the actual stew out of those shepherds. I mean, scared him to death. The presence of angelic hosts scares us so much that we are like frozen. The presence of God will kill us because of his glory and might, and yet he would veil himself in our own flesh, meek and mild and lowly. We have to realize that he is fully divine. And here, here's, here's the good news. Because he is fully divine, he has the power to save us. Listen, because he is fully divine, He and He alone has the power to rescue us. If He wasn't divine, He didn't have that own power. He can't save Himself, let alone us. But it says this, not only is He clearly divine, it says He was born of a woman. This this itself is so pregnant with theological implications. He was born of a woman. First and foremost, we say He is clearly human. Not only is He clearly divine, He is clearly Human being born of a woman. But let's connect more dots because there's so many more dots to connect with the phrase born of woman. Isaiah 7.14, you know the prophecy uh, that a virgin will be with child. He will be the hope of Israel. And so now we say born of a woman. Yes, not born of a man. Not the normal genealogy like you and I are born. This is a special genealogy being uh, conceived by the Holy Ghost. And now the dot of Isaiah makes sense. Now listen, we can't lose the dot of Isaiah of of being born of a virgin. And I know in our society, maybe is that not the coolest thing to believe that God would allow um, his seed to grow in a virgin's womb? I mean, come on, do you really believe that? Let me tell you, if we don't believe that, all the dots fall down. The story doesn't make any sense. I mean, really it doesn't. Let me tell you why. Because if he was born like you and I were, born of a man and woman coming together, he was conceived in sin, born in sin. He's not the sinless Son of God. He's not the spotless Lamb. His death on the cross does nothing for us, cannot save us, cannot wash away our sins. Listen, the whole story hinges on the fact that he is born of a virgin. Because he has to be sinless. He has to be spotless. God wouldn't accept anything else. So we start connecting the dots, and it's amazing what happens. And let's connect a few more dots. Let's go back to the very first promise of a Messiah. It goes way back. Ready to connect this dot? To Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15. If you have your Bibles, turn with me there. I wrote all these Bible verses out, and I lost them in between services. I think God was telling me, hurry up, will you? Um, Genesis 3.15. 
man has fallen into sin. The one who is supposed to carry this light of the world and make all of the world paradise has fallen into sin, and now he's bringing in darkness. And now God is bringing forth the judgment. And here's what he says in 15. And I, God, will put enmity between you. And he's talking about Satan. He's talking about the serpent. So God says, I'm going to put enmity between you, Satan, and the woman. And between your seed, the demonic seed, and her seed. He, Jesus, this seed, shall bruise you on the head and crush Satan. And you, Satan, shall bruise him on the heel. When Eve gave birth to a first son, she named him Cain. That means here he is. This is it. She thought that the fullness of time was her first childbirth. That this Savior was going to come, but it would take years and years for the Savior to come, for the fullness of time to come. But here's the beautiful reality. Turn back with me to Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Because Galatians 3.16 tells us very clearly that this seed is Jesus. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Okay, connect the dots. God, Abraham was promised to be, uh, have a relationship with God because of his faith. Because of his faith, he was credited as righteous. He connects his dots to us. He's the father of faith. It was promised to him and to his seed. Let's continue to connect the dots. Who is this seed? And to a seed, he does not say, and to the seeds, plural, is referring to many, but rather to one. And to your seed, that is Christ. Unbelievably, born of a woman tells us that he's human, tells us that he fulfills prophecy, tells us that he's the hope of the Messiah. It's him. And here's the deal. Because he's divine, he has the power to save us. You ready for this? Because he's human fully, he has the power to relate to us. Listen, this is the God who created everything. He's kind of big and and, and mighty. And yet, no matter what your pain is, no matter what your sorrow is, no matter what darkness you're still going through, He has experienced it. So He relates to us. You come here this morning and you're still broken. You're saying, yeah, joy of the world. My world is crumbling. Joy of the world, it still really hurts. It's such good news because He was born of a woman, because He's fully man. He knows your pain. Unbelievable. He has the power to relate. He has the power to save because he was born of a woman. And not only that, it's born under the law. Here is the lawgiver. Here is the judge of the world saying he's going to be born of the law. Let me just tell you what this means. He shackled himself with the law so that he could unshackle us as lawbreakers. You see, he had to get so low. He had to get so low that he had to lift us up. And here's what he had to do. He he had to take on this law. He had to fulfill it perfectly so that we can have a righteous standing with God. Now think about this. God is holy and without sin. Unless there's perfection, God can't deal with us. So Jesus had to come, fully God, fully man, take on the shackle of the law, fulfill it perfectly so his Father can accept us, but there's more. Not only fulfill it perfectly, but then pay the payment of our death, what the law deserves, to become the curse. That's what it means under the law. So that we don't have to be uh, under the bondage of the law anymore. We're free. Listen, we're freed from the power of sin. We now have the ability not to in Christ. And we're freed from the penalty of sin. We aren't going to die for it if we're in Christ. Amen? That's what it means to be under the law. He has come, so He has the power to redeem, to buy us back. And now the three gifts. The gift of light that purchases our freedom. That is what God would come to do for us in Christ. 
to come and give us a gift of redemption. A gift that we couldn't buy on our own. We couldn't earn. We couldn't get anywhere else. He's come to give us a gift. Listen, He's come to give us a gift of freedom. Freedom from all those dots in our past that don't make sense. All those dots that we messed up. All those things that we just blew it. He's come to say, I'm going to wash all your dots clean. I'm going to malign them again. And I'm going to set you free from your past. Therefore, you don't have to shackle it around with you anymore. Today, today's the day of Jubilee. Today's the day of freedom. Today, you and I have been set free. Because Jesus came to redeem us. To pay the price. To set us free. And now, unbelievably, our dots of our lives that are so messed up have been washed and realigned. But not only did He give us the gift of our freedom, He's given us the gift that brings adoption into His family. Unbelievable, the gift of family is what He brings. Belonging, something we long for. That your dots connect to my dots, Christian. But our dots connect to Him. That we are family, but we're in His family. Unbelievably, those who deserve to be thrown out, those who deserve to have no gifts brought to them, He has given us the gift of family. And now the dots of our lives have meaning. They have purpose. We're His. And then the gift of light that has come that secures our future. That we have a gift of a future inheritance. A future hope. Here's the deal. He takes the the dots of our lives that have messed up and He aligns them and He washes them in Christ. He says, listen, I paid the price of that. Don't worry about it. I've done it. It's done. All your sins washed, Christian. Your life right now has meaning. It has purpose. You're mine. You're my family. Cry out, Abba, Father, you're mine. And whatever dots you have in the future, I don't know what they are. They, they might include cancer. They, they, may, they may have some real pain in them. But what I know, Christian, of you and of me, that our dots are going to lead to His face. That one day we're going to see Him. And our dots one day will be fully aligned. Our life will make complete sense. And we will be His when the fullness of time comes and our Christ does. Christ our King comes back for us. Listen, for the Christmas story, for the Christmas story to make any sense, you gotta connect the dots. Where are you in this story? Are you apart from this? Is it are you just kind of watching the rest of these dots? Listen, has the light of Christ come and shine in your heart? I mean, this is a whole deal. This is a fullness of time. God sent forth his son to come and, and to rescue us and give us this gift. Have you received this gift of freedom? Have you received this gift of family? Have you received this 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 incredible gift of future? If so, rejoice. See, I know I'm not artistic, but in Christ, but in Christ, I'm a piece of priceless masterpiece work. In Christ, I'm a, piece, a priceless piece of art. I know I can't dance, but in Christ, I have reason to dance. I know I can't paint a pretty picture, but being washed in Christ's blood, my brothers and sisters, we are His masterpiece. I may not be able to draw a picture, but in God's fullness of time, you ready for this? He came and He drew us into His picture and makes all things beautiful again. And now we tell His story. And we go and we tell others, listen, align your dots with Christ, because that's the only way your story is going to make sense. In the fullness of time, Jesus would come and to set us free. And now this is our time to come and to dance for Him and to shine for Him and to tell others this is a gift of freedom. This is a gift of family. This is a gift of a future. 
So we're going to sing the days of Elijah as the worship team comes forward. And we're going to use this as our benediction to go from here. And it's not necessarily a Christian song, but what it is, it tells us this. There's a time. This is a time right now for us to tell this Christmas story. How y'all doing? A lot of tofu. Let me pray for us. Uh, Father, I, I just, I, I can't do it. I just don't have words that can describe what you've done. But God, by your grace, when your spirit comes and we see the dots of time connected and we see that even our lives can be connected to you and we have the privilege now of telling your story and God, the gift of forgiveness and freedom, the gift of family, the gift of a future. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you that these are the days now that we have the privilege of living in light of this gift and being the light of the world to those around us. Shine in us, Jesus, so we can shine in others. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.